0: All right. We are doing it once again. We are having multiple guests here on the show here on Cause Pods chatting with Kyle Bryant out of Pennsylvania and Sean Baumstark of Sacramento, California, the hosts of the Two Disabled Dudes podcast. Their mission is to encourage listeners to set their sights beyond the challenge in life. And find ways to live beyond their circumstances we're going to talk all about their circumstances all about their show all about their mission and so many other cool things it sounds like they are doing but kyle and sean thank you so much for joining us here on cause today
1: thanks for having us
2: yeah glad to be here
0: two disabled dudes i feel like that's pretty self-explanatory but explain before we get into the show what you guys are all about how you two became connected And, you know, what has been your mission that led up to the launch of this podcast?
1: So I was diagnosed with Friedrich's ataxia when I was 17 years old. This is Kyle. And, you know, we looked online and found out that it was a progressive disease and it would slowly take my physical abilities away and it would likely uh, end my life early and that was a lot to take at 17 years old and so i started riding my trike a trike three-wheeled bike because i'm not very balance centric so you know i did a cross-country bike ride and that's when i had a article in the local newspaper and that's where i met when i met sean that's how we got hooked up he reached out to me we started talking because he was just diagnosed with FA, same disease. And we're like, all right, there's got to be more to life than just this diagnosis. And that's kind of how we got introduced.
0: And so you're told that you have this Friedrich's ataxia. You're told that it is going to be debilitating. It is going to be progressive. Um, Before you, you know, had that turnaround, what was that like being told all of this information and, and kind of you know knowing where all this could go? How did you first respond to it? Well,
2: you know, we both had very different responses at first. When I was initially diagnosed, you know, it was when the doctor explained to me what the prognosis was, it didn't resonate a whole lot because in that moment I wasn't experiencing the drastic symptoms that was part of the future. So I thought to myself well I'm not there yet so let's go out and do stuff right now. So even leaving the doctor's office I chose to take the stairs instead of the elevator because the doctor had explained someday that wouldn't be an option as I'd be living in and out of a or I'd be living in a wheelchair, and so immediately, that's when I got online, found Kyle, and just started figuring out, okay, what am I going to do for the next 5, 10, 20, however long I have before that day comes, and of course, Kyle's response was a little bit different. Kyle, I don't know if you want to share maybe how long it took you to kind of come around.
1: Yeah, that's a good point because, you know, I I always say, and I have told Sean so many times that I have so much respect for him and the way he's taken this on because it took me about two years to even be able to talk about it with my parents just because it was such a big weight on me and I was only 17 years old and so you know here sean gets diagnosed and like two weeks later reaches out to me and we go to lunch you know and he's like all right let's do this take this thing head on so you know everyone approaches things differently and you know we are hopefully headed in a similar direction now because we have each other to lean on and we're trying to make sure that we accomplish more than you know, what is just handed to us in life as far as diagnosis.
0: I love that both of you have decided that you're not going to, to put it bluntly, you're not going to die from this. You're going to live with this and you're going to thrive with this. And, you know, you keep finding ways to do new things. And you talked about first, Kyle, you were doing this bike race. And now looking at some of the pictures and, looking at what you did, the movie, the Ataxia movie, this documentary that we'll have a link to folks or people to check out. But it looks like you do a lot of bike races. It looks like you try to do a lot of activities, raising awareness. And more than just raising awareness, it looks like you do it just to stay active, stay out there and you know keep living. Is that a fair assessment of how you look at it?
1: For me, yeah. I think you know awareness and fitness and all, that's all great. But I just love riding my trike and I love going places under my own power you know and if that means fitness and awareness and and motivation for other people that's incredible but i just love it
0: in your work together right in your journey together you also have launched a charity and usually we talk about everyone's you know big cause later on in the show but i think it's a it's a big part of what brought you to to doing this podcast tell me a little bit about determinants which I guess, Sean, you officially founded, but Kyle, you're very active in?
2: When you use the word charity, I feel like there's there's a bunch of different irons in the fire for us. Uh, you know, Kyle mentioned probably, I guess he was around 25, and he did, finally, he went on his bike with his family and did that cross-country ride, and that's when we connected. And then from there, he started some events and eventually became a non and then a couple of years after my diagnosis I had launched one too. So the idea behind Determinants is to do kind of what Kyle and I have done ourselves. Really it's designed to help people jeopardize, you know, whose physical or quality of life is jeopardized by disease or disorder to get out and accomplish something like kyle said do something under their own power so the idea behind determinants i sometimes think of it as make a wish but instead of sending people to disneyland or backstage concert we're helping them complete marathons or simple neighborhood 10ks or climb mountains or do something physically challenging that their condition says they probably can't do on their own We put together a team and help tell their story and help them accomplish and feel the power of reaching the peak of a mountain or crossing the finish line.
0: And just so we're clear, determinants is not restricted to just those with FA, Friedrichs Ataxia, right? This is for anybody with some sort of compromised, like you said, physical or you know other disabilities
2: correct and I'm glad you make that distinction because yes that's a huge um commitment on our partners to help all walks of life when it comes to a disability or disorder so absolutely
1: yeah and that's kind of the same thing with our podcast too you know sure and I have the same disability but We love to learn about all different kinds of disabilities and the people behind them. Because one of the things that I think about is that I'm Kyle. I'm Kyle with F.A., but I am not F.A., right? And my disability is something, almost a separate entity from who I am. And so we love learning about all these other disabilities, how people are dealing with them and living their lives beyond the circumstances that they're dealt.
0: Let's fast forward a little bit, right? So you guys connect, right? You put together activities. You both put together these foundations, right? It seems like you kind of merge efforts on the Determinants brand. And then fast forward to 2016, Sean, you were telling me earlier, and that's when you decided let's launch a podcast. What was... That decision, all about right, like why? After all this was said and done, you're like, We should do a podcast. Like, what, what yeah, you was know what?
2: That? that was Kyle's idea, so I'll let him tell a little bit of the backstory.
1: So, I was actually watching the documentary that you mentioned that both Sean and I are in. I was watching that for the you know 35th time in the theater. I, I love watching it, and I love that I, I got to see it in the theater so many times, but I was watching that in. Sean has some really powerful monologues in the documentary and I was watching and listening and going, oh my gosh, we need to talk about this kind of stuff all the time, like on a regular basis. And so I had been on a podcast and it actually wasn't great quality. And so I was like, I think we can do a podcast and we could probably be better than this one, you know? (laughs) So that's kind of, that's kind of the culmination of thoughts that brought us to, you know, figure out. And I, you know, I called up Sean and I said, Hey, what do you think about this? Should we give it a shot? And Sean was like, yeah, let's do it. Like always.
0: Didn't even think twice. And before we jumped on, you were saying that you guys were, you lived close to each other. And then, moved away. Like I assume that part of doing the podcast also was just a great way to stay connected. I know even in my early days, one of the first podcasts I ever launched was a colleague of mine who I used to podcast with once a week, moved to the West Coast. And we're like, oh, we're never going to talk. We're like, oh, we'll just do a podcast. We didn't care if anybody listened. listen. It was just a great way for us to, you know, talk and stay connected. Like, was that a piece of it as well?
1: I think so. I mean, you know, when we first went to lunch together, when we first met face-to-face, we are like, all right, let's do big things. Like, let's think big and execute. And I think this podcast is part, a continuation of that thought. Don't you think, Sean? Yeah, I would
2: agree with that. And Although, I don't know if that was the initial, uh, one of the initial motivations, but we have certainly become quite close just in the last four years of doing the podcast. And I'm grateful that we've been able to connect in a lot of really significant ways via the podcast.
0: So what was the the true mission, right? When you decided, all right, I was on a podcast, I think we could do a better job. What did you set out as the initial mission though of that podcast, right? What was the reason for two disabled dudes and what were you hoping to provide the audience?
1: There is so much shame associated with disability and when we simply talk about it with each other and realize that we're able to laugh maybe not about our disabilities but like there's other stuff to talk about right and I think that that was one of the initial motivations. We talked about that a lot in the beginning is when you talk about these things out in the open, it takes their negative power away from your life. And I think we wanted to kind of do that and just exercise that muscle.
2: I think too, to add to that, besides the shame that so many of us feel, either ongoing or at least initially, there's so much loneliness that comes with such a diagnosis, right? It's it's one thing to, for the doctor to tell you you have the flu or bronchitis, right? You're like, yeah, whatever, take a few things, and I'll be fine in a couple of weeks. But when you're up against something a lot more dramatic or significant or painful or rare, you start to feel like you're all alone and there's it's really hard to connect and find community and we found that to be incredibly true and also just from the film itself and the connections that we were able to make around the world because people began to see the film and know you know they were inspired to get out and do things we knew that we had to continue the conversation because all across the globe, there are people that still feel alone. And unfortunately, we let our circumstances too often keep us sitting on the couch or hiding in the dark. And our mission is to help empower people to, to move beyond those those parts of life.
0: Have you found success in doing that? Do your Does your audience, do your fans provide you with feedback that says more than just, talking about perseverance and disabilities and you know everything that we can do do you find that people really just respond and say thank you for like the camaraderie right thank you for just hanging with us on you know on this podcast
2: absolutely yeah uh, one of my favorite pieces of feedback actually came recently and it was from somebody you've had on your show before you featured she has a young child that has a rare condition. He's very young. But her feedback was she's really grateful that her son, four or five years old, has role models that are in this positive mindset of making the best of life no matter what the cards were dealt. And that's encouraging. You know, I'm you know, I joke about being rich and famous, and I know a podcast probably isn't the channel for that. But having the built ability to encourage people to get out of bed every day. That's been incredible. And we get feedback on a regular basis.
0: I would say to the rich and famous thing out there, to those listening is podcast is not a get rich quick scheme. It can be a way to make good money. It absolutely can. It takes time. It takes patience. It takes perseverance. So, you know, while we're kidding about being rich and famous, it is possible. But you know, don't wake up tomorrow and think, oh, I'll start my podcast and like GameStop stock, I'll be, you know, going to the moon with it, right? Like, that's not how this is going to happen, but you can absolutely do it. And so along the lines, right, what were some of the early challenges, the actual like technical challenges of of your podcast that you guys ran into? Because you said you did a podcast, you thought, oh, this doesn't sound great. But like, so what did you do early on to give you better quality, better consistency, better production? How did you kind of overcome that stuff or did you have a background in this?
2: Challenge number one was neither one of us had any clue where to begin. We were just
1: both willing to figure it out as they went. And I would say one of the biggest challenges that we didn't know about and was that we're not in the same location we're three hours apart too. I think that's a big thing is the time difference and just scheduling and whatever. But actually we had no idea how to record two people in different locations, right? And so it was a lot of Googling and just kind of figuring it out. We really until recently haven't really had a mentor or anyone to talk to about podcasting or especially the technical aspects and so you know that was a challenge and a lot of it was just figuring it out on our own and reading stuff and learning from other people i'll give credit
2: to to another friend of ours who also lives with the fa you know i'm in california kyle's in pennsylvania this friend of ours lives in new york and his background was audio producing for bands and music and all kinds of stuff like that. So we had reached out to him and said, hey, we have this idea, but we don't know what to do. Can you help us? Can you edit? Can you tell us what we should think about? So although he didn't have a lot of experience in podcasting, he at least had some experience in different audio platforms and microphones. And so he kind of helped us fumble our way through the first couple of years.
0: And for two guys who operate a show under an organization called Determinants, I feel like you were going to figure it out. It, it feels like it's just part of the namesake, part of the persona that the two of you hold. So a- as you're telling me, you do operate the show under this 501c3 Determinants. We'll have a link to them at determinants.com. But what was the thinking there about putting the show under the 501c3 or what have been the advantages of doing the show via the nonprofit?
2: We wanted to be a separate entity, but we also didn't, you know, both Kyle and I have full time jobs and a bunch of different side hustles, if you will. And when it was time to sort of make the podcast official, I don't think either one of us had the energy or were willing to put in the time to form. Uh, you know, an LLC or a partnership or an incorporation or whatever. So it just made sense that part of the, one of the aspects of determinants is to be educational and to encourage folks. So it just made sense that we could fit in there and also still continue to be involved on the charity side of life. So if somebody wanted to donate, they could have the tax deductible kind of benefit and things of that nature. So it just sort of made sense in that season.
0: Because so many of the people that listen to the show are in the cause space, right? A lot of them are doing it as a small side project, but more people want to take it seriously. I'm curious, as folks who founded this 501c3 organized events, what are some lessons you learned about getting a 501c3 or starting a nonprofit that you think would be useful for, for folks who are hearing this and thinking, You know what? I should do it too.
2: You know, I feel like we're still in the infancy stages, right, of determinants. There's it's been a slow foundational establishment. But early on, we had raised a little bit of money and hired professional help, a lawyer, to help kinda put things in order. And I have never regretted the pennies or the you know, all the money spent in that arena. So for me, I would encourage folks to go the route of getting established with some professional help and then from there get creative and you know work with your own elbow grease, if you will. But I think that beginning stage of making sure it's done, done right, done well, and without any recourse of maybe a, a letter coming in the mail saying you owe somebody several grand because of something you forgot to think about or something you didn't realize. For me, it's a good place to start.
0: So, with the podcast, I two questions I want to ask you. One and, you know, either one of you could take both of these or one at a time or whatever. But I guess I would say is what has been the biggest lesson of having a podcast that you would share with others? And then also what has been the most memorable takeaway, right? Like when somebody says to you what's been your favorite part about having the podcast? Is there a moment, a show, a connection, something that always stands out that you're like, it would all have been worth it for just this?
1: One sticks out right away to me, and I don't know if it's the same one for Sean, but I think the thing that we both love to do, yeah, we love recording it each week, but it gets whatever, And but we love being on stage. We've had the opportunity to do a few live shows, and we did one in San Diego one time, and... Sean looks over to me. It was like it was like five seconds before we were gonna go live and he goes, "I feel so unprepared and both of our hearts are just like pounding out of our out of our chest and it's just so so much energy and craziness in the room and then it ended up being an incredible incredible show that we did, and you know we had three other really, really great people that we're still friends with, that we interviewed on stage, that also have lived with rare disease, and and that was a really cool thing that I'll never forget.
2: You know, on top of that, I would say one of the bigger lessons or takeaways for me has been, you really, or at least me, I never know what somebody's up against. Hearing people's story And we hear it a lot. You never know what other people are dealing with in their own life. And doing this show, that's a constant reminder that I have no idea what other people are up against. So if I can keep that in mind or keep that in perspective, that hopefully makes me or allows me to be a little more gracious toward other people and even a little more gracious to myself because... There's always something hard for each of us. It might be a different level of hard. It might be a different style of hard. But, man, there are hard things in life. And I'm encouraged to remember that there's always a reason to get out of bed no matter what you're up against. And uh, seeing other people do just that tells me that we're on the right track.
0: That is a great way to put it. Just a lot of people think the podcast has to have some sort of massive output, right? It has to make us rich and famous. It has to sell a bunch of courses. It has to launch a brand that becomes, you know, the next Tesla or whatever nonsense people think about. But sometimes it's just there to be, sometimes it's just there for you, right? Sometimes it's just there to stay connected to somebody else. Sometimes it's there to network with other people. Sometimes it's just there to be a friend for other people. And I would say in your case, it's probably also just to inspire some folk. Maybe we're not inspiring millions, but I'm sure if every episode inspires just one person, you guys sleep well at night knowing that you're doing something worthwhile and something that the world needs right now.
1: I mean, in the beginning, we had a conversation and we're like, all right, if three other people you know, find this conversation value. Like Sean and I, we're going to have a conversation here. And if somebody else finds that valuable, how awesome is that? Right. And so we both committed early
2: on it. As long as one person is listening and extracting value. And as long as he and I are still having fun, we'll keep doing it.
0: So far, it sounds like you're both having fun. At least on this show, you sound like you're still very friendly to each other. What would be the number one lesson or the number one piece of advice to someone listening who has their own cause and thinks that maybe podcasting is the right way, right? Like specifically using this medium, what would you say, you know, a reason why to use it and then something they could take with them so they don't make the same mistake that all of us have already made doing it?
1: My piece of advice is the thing that causes people to make mistakes because my thing would be get started, make mistakes and but also be open to the fact that you're going to make a lot and and you got to listen to others who have done it before and constantly try to improve, but you have to get started today.
0: What about you, Sean?
2: You know, I would say in addition to starting, you know, get going, reach out to others there's you know what I, we have found is there's a lot of rare disease people that are doing the podcast thing and just even if it's just one question here and there being able to take advice or hints or tips and tricks from others i would encourage you to email hit them up on social I, whatever you can do to kind of pick brains of people that are been there before or maybe have done that already i think leaning on each other the nature of what makes life better right that collaborative spirit so reach out for a little bit of help along the way
0: and as they were alluding to earlier effie parks was i believe who you were talking about earlier, who helped you guys out who connected us previous guests here on cause pods and not to self-promote or to my own horn but You know, we featured a whole bunch of folks who have talked about rare disease and disabilities and I've had podcasts for their cause. And most of the people who we've spoken to would also be happy to help out. So you don't have to listen. I don't need the downloads or anything, but just go through the archives, see what other shows are out there. And like the guy said, reach out, connect, thank them, tweet them, whatever. I'm sure they'd be happy to, you know, to lend out. And same here with Sean and Kyle. We're going to put links to their website, the show on Apple Google Spotify. We will put links to determinants as well as their social media. and as always we will encourage you to check out determinants and if you can make a donation doesn't have to be big sometimes the best thing you can do is just show that more people want to support it even if it's not thousands of dollars, although Sean does need to keep up that gold curtain lifestyle that he's living. So you know we'll have a link to determinants. And we'll have links to the Facebook accounts for two disabled dudes. We'll put in the Twitter accounts for Sean and Kyle so you can reach out to them and connect with them, ask them questions, ask them advice. And, of course, you can always reach out to me and connect with me if you have questions. But Sean and Kyle, this has been a great conversation. I am so glad that we were connected. I should also mention, and check out the movie, right, the Ataxian movie. It looks like a very, very cool project. And uh, you can find it on you know most of the, the top streaming services that are out there. Uh, Amazon, Apple, Google, right? The usual places will link to it as well to make it easy for you. But Sean and Kyle, thank you so much for taking time to tell your story, talk about your show, to champion your cause, and honestly, just to stay positive and stay optimistic in a world that is so easily beating the rest of us down for no reason and certainly is giving you guys more excuses. But just that you can rise above and stay positive, I think we can all learn from you guys. So thank you so much for being you and for chatting about two disabled dudes and coming here on CallSpots tonight.
1: Thanks for having us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for this conversation and thanks for what you do for this podcast. It's making a big impact. Appreciate it.